Welcome to another episode of Streamed and Screened, the podcast from Lee Enterprises all about movies and TV. I'm Chris Lay, the co-host and producer of the show, and this week we've got a special treat for you in the form of our host, Bruce Miller, telling some tales from his many trips to Hollywood over the years. He's going to be jetting from Iowa to California next week for the annual Television Critics Association get-together. And he's got all sorts of great advice on can't-miss destinations. Also in this episode, you're going to get to hear some of his predictions for the year ahead in movies and streaming. So make sure you stick around for that. As always, we're going to have a ton of links in the show notes, including a look back at Bruce's interviews of 2022. So make sure that you check those out. And while you're there, smash that subscribe button since we're going to be back next week with Bruce calling in from the West Coast to hash out the surprises and snubs from the Golden Globes Awards and what, if anything, they'll mean for the Oscars. We'll have all that and more right after this quick break. So you're going to be in L.A. You're always out there this time of year. Chris, it's the first time in three years, three years for me to be in Los Angeles. This is like unreal. For 30 years, I've been going twice a year for at least a week each time to do interviews, you know, to find out what's new, to kind of just sniff it out, go to sets, <laughs> that kind of good stuff, right? And I figured it out one day and I've spent three years of my life in Los Angeles, um, if you just add up all those times. And it's very fascinating because you get a different picture of what that world is like than you would, you know, just sitting at home. It's a much different world. And it's far kind of um, run and gun more than you think. A lot of things are like going on television and heading into the theaters wet. It's like they're barely done with some of this stuff. I have watched films where they didn't have the last reel ready because they were just trying to get it to the press to see it. And then the next week it was going to be in a theater. So it's it's a very kind of hectic world out there, more so than you think. And you're going out there for a critics event. What is the, um, it's the what, Television Critics? Television Critics Association holds it January and usually a summer one, which is varied from July, August, September, depending on whatever it is. Um, where you go out there and with other reporters across the, the country and Canada, um, you interview stars of the show, producers of the shows. You get a chance to see some of the, uh, the new stuff that they've got. It's very controlled. And then you also have, you know, your one-on-one -on -one interviews with the people and, and your experiences. And they'll have parties at night. That's always kind of fun. Um, if it's a theme you know, they'll, they'll create whatever they're trying to do. If it's, you know, if it's a show about golfing, they'll have a golf course there. The Bachelor, for example, we went to the Bachelor house one year and we got to walk around that kind of sleazy place and you go, oh, geez, what is this? And the people who were on the Bachelor show said, do not sit on the couch. Whatever you do, don't sit on the couch. Oh, gosh. And so, you you know, you, you get a different taste of things. You'll go to homes. I've been to Bob Hope's house when he was alive. Uh, so it's a, it's a variety of things you get to do. You get to see the sets. You get to watch them filming things. Going into this trip, do you know the things that you're going to see or the, not necessarily the interview opportunities, because I know you and I have already talked about trying to plan some of that out. And there's a lot that's up in the air. 
uh, for those opportunities and the timing and everything. But do you know the shows that you're going to see? Yes, I have a, a pretty good idea of what they are. Who is going to be there representing the shows? Who knows? Because now with COVID, there's a lot of concern that people don't want to do something like this in person. They would rather do a Zoom interview. So it it's it's harder to say than it was in the old days. You know, they'd say, well, you're going to so-and-so's house on Thursday. And you go, okay, that sounds good. Now, uh, you know, they give you the names of the shows and then they'll tell you that they hope to have talent there. They hope to have executives available so that you do get an idea that you're getting something. You're not just going there and staying at a hotel and then, well, let's see who shows up. Who's going to be around here today? Uh, so you do have a, a better shot at it, but in the past it was very well um, orchestrated. You would know who you were getting. Now I I hate to tell you that I am kind of in the dark, but I know that I'll come back with something. I usually fill up two tape recorders full of interviews. Fantastic, and then we'll be able to digitize a bunch of those and share the ones that are applicable as we are. Right, and we'll have the things where where they're under behind a mask, and it'll all sound like. <laughs> because if they're wearing masks, that might be what it sounds like. I don't know. So it, it'll be an adventure. It's something different. And it'll give me a shot to get out there for the first time in three years. Do you remember the first time that you went to LA? I 1980, 1980. I remember doing a thing with um, Peter O'Toole. He was in a miniseries called Masada, Masada. And I remember going to the set of Dukes of Hazard, and... Um, Daisy Duke, um, Catherine Bach was there and her hair was all in rollers and stuff. And she came out and I thought, well, I'll take a picture. She says, if you take one picture, I'm kicking you off this lot. So do not do that. <laughs> and I was so scared. I thought, well, geez, I just want to see the car. Is that okay? And um, I went to see Johnny Carson and um, Johnny introduced me as his friend from Iowa. And he showed me all around the back of the set. So it was, yeah, it was marvelous. I went to the set of MASH um, and I had lunch with Mike Farrell at his restaurant. He owned a restaurant in, uh, he played BJ Honey, he's a BJ Honeycutt. Um, yeah, and he took me to his restaurant and it was one of those kind of health food restaurants. Oh my God, I could barely eat. And the publicist who was with me said, we'll stop somewhere after we're done. Just pretend like you're eating the stuff because we know that it's not that good. For a person who had never seen Hollywood from that perspective, it was very, um, very kind of jarring and also very fun. It was like going on the ultimate trip, ultimate vacation trip somewhere. And then as the years have gone on, you kind of just, you recognize places where you are. You go, oh, well, that was where we saw so-and-so. Or we, we had one night we had drinks on the set of Cheers and the bar at Cheers was a working bar. It actually did work. So if the actors wanted to pour themselves a drink during the day, they could. And, you know, a lot of that kind of interesting stuff where other people don't get a chance to do this. Um, usually when there's the end of a series, when we had Big Bang Theory, they did a party there for Big Bang. You got to see all of the sets and, and walk around and sit where Sheldon sat. Um, so little things like that that are always kind of fun. I was at a table um, the last night for um, How I Met Your Father. And on the table, there had been carved um, initials. And it was Neil Patrick Harris and his husband had carved their initials on this table because that was a table that they always sat at. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just little things that you pick up as you're going along. 
Um, and you take pictures, you know, I've got, I have more pictures. I've always said that when I go to the nursing home and I start talking about these things that I've done and, and places I've seen and people I've, I've interviewed, they're going to say, well, he's a big fat liar. So I have to have <laughs> photos of some sort to kind of um, justify that I, I really am telling the truth. You know, and it is interesting if, if you really want to deep dive this, uh, you can go back in our archives in 1980, and you will see a fascinating article I wrote about what it was like to be there for the first time, because I had pictures of Betty Davis, Dan Rather. I mean, it was like just bizarre and cars that they had driven I, for uh, for a newbie. It was a very kind of awe inspiring time. And so to have all that and there, I look back on it at the story. Um, not too long ago. And I thought, you know what, for a kid, you did pretty good. It was a pretty good overview of what that whole world was like. Is there any one experience that you had on any one of these trips that pulled the curtain the furthest back as far as how the sausage is made, but not you know, necessarily without without that the, the negative visual connotation, maybe? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The fascinating thing is with television and film, they'll shoot many, many times. So it's not like you have to get it right away or they have to memorize anything. I remember going to um, uh, Two and a Half Men, uh, the Charlie Sheen show, and he was having problems remembering his lines. I mean, the lines are written on a big card in front of you and you can't remember this. And it, we were there at five o'clock and we didn't get out till midnight. The show is a half hour show. And basically they're filming 20 minutes of it at best. And he couldn't get the lines and it took us that many hours to watch this. So I think that if you, you know, you've ever worried about, gee, could I ever be an actor? Would I remember all those lines? They don't, they don't remember those lines. I've seen, there are shows that they do too, that are, uh, you know, they have to two, do two or three episodes like soap operas, for example, in a week. And they'll have huge uh, monitors uh, so they can just read the lines off them. It's like if you had a big screen TV behind the camera and you look at the camera and you could just read this stuff off, it's like a teleprompter, but it's huge. It's like the size of uh, your neighborhood cinema, uh, cineplex. Hmm. And so, I, you know, I was I was always of the mind that they would re remember everything and have to memorize and it would be this hard kind of experience and then you would just kind of shoot it all in sequence. And when you see things, they'll spend hours on one little stupid move and then go very quickly through something else. Hmm. A question I always like to ask though actors is when you're doing action scenes, are you doing them as the character or are you doing them as yourself? because you're just going through it. And oftentimes they say, you just try to survive. That's all you're trying to do is just survive whatever it is. I also have a trip planned for Los Angeles just after you're going to be coming back. So we we might possibly, you know, <laughs> cross so paths at, up at right the airport. Crumbs? What do you think is the, well, let me tell you, I guess it's a friend of mine. We're going for his 40th birthday and we, so far, I think we're going to go and see a movie at the New Beverly, which is the theater that is owned by Quentin Tarantino. Quentin, yeah. And we're going to go see Gummo, of all things. Um, <laughs> You've got tickets already. You're good. <laughs> got tickets online. Going to be good. Uh, and I'm going to raid their uh, the merch 
section because they've got all this crazy fun merch that you can get there that they don't sell online. And I'm anyway, so take pictures. Oh, absolutely. Always go to the bathroom, wherever you are, always go to the bathroom. You learn more about people by going to the bathroom than anything else, just to see what the place looks like. Interesting. Okay. All right. We're going to go see a Lakers game and I've got dinner reservations for us at Musso and Frank's. Okay. We're not trying to make it a big Quentin Tarantino thing, but it's the oldest restaurant in Hollywood. I think the oldest consistently operating restaurant in Hollywood. And it's the restaurant where they shot the Al Pacino scene, like the, the big opening scene in uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else we are going to maybe be doing. Um, I think we're going to try to get, you know, a donut, maybe go to Randy's donuts, uh, you know? Yeah. Yellow the pup. Are you going to go get a hot dog? I think so. I'm going to try pinks maybe, or uh, any of those other, any of those other places. Here's a a suggestion. I'll give you a few of my kind of people always say, how do I see movie stars? Well, the movie stars are not in Hollywood. Do not think that if you walk down where they have the handprints in Grauman's Chinese uh, foreground, you're not going to see a star hanging out there. It just doesn't happen. What you're going to see are a bunch of people who are wearing costumes who look like Batman, Superman, you name whatever character it is, trying to get a buck out of you to take a picture with it. It's not unlike Times Square in New York. You mean that's not the real Pikachu? No, it's not. It's kind of seedy. I think downtown Hollywood is very seedy. And I mean, it's fun to see the Roosevelt Hotel where the first Oscars were. That's interesting. You should go to the Oscar Museum. That's a cool thing that's new. And it has... A lot of fun things there, like E.T. is there. The Star Wars um, droids are there. So there are things that you'll get to see that you wouldn't see anywhere else. If you're going on a studio tour, and a lot of times people say, oh, I want to go to a studio. Don't do the Universal one because that's basically built for tourists. You know, there's nothing there that you're going to see that's real. Go to the Warner Brother one because the Warner Brothers tour actually gets you on the sets. You'll get to see people working and doing and whatever. And then there's a great museum they've got that has a lot of memorabilia from various movies that they've had. And they've had successful ones with all those um, Batman films and Superman films. There's a lot of stuff with that. And I think at the end, you get to hold an Oscar. Ooh. So there are there are perks, but the Warner Brothers uh, backstage tour is the best one of all of them. And, you know, whenever I've found celebrities, because you will encounter them from time to time, um, going to Beverly Hills is not always a good place to go because they aren't shopping there. You do not see the Kardashians shopping at all those stores. Instead, it's tourists going there to say that they're shopping like the celebrities. So that's not a good thing. I have seen celebrities at the Beverly Center um, because they do shop there. But the most times I've ever seen anybody are at Century City. They've got a shopping mall there and an AMC theater. And every time I've gone to the movies there, I've seen somebody, somebody. LeBron James was there one time. So you'll find them. I don't know if we're going to be hunting celebrities, but if you run into one, let me know and I'll do the same. Okay. I, I will keep my, my radar <laughs> up and we'll see what happens and see who's there. And then the other thing I think uh, I wanted to talk about. So I did an episode of one of the other Lee Enterprise podcasts, The Ethical Life, and it was a follow-up 
to last year, last year being 2022, when we did predictions and we predicted what would happen in over the course of 2022. And then we came back and revisited those. And my the prediction that I made one full year ago was that the Oscars was going to be very boring. And that <laughs> you went out of the limb on that one, Chris. Gee, thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's my fault that the Oscars was not boring in the slightest. And I also, I picked West Side Story to win Best Picture and neither of those things happened. So I was wondering, I didn't know if you had any predictions that you wanted to make about this coming year in entertainment and not stuff that has to do with awards because, you know, we'll we'll be prognosticating a lot about that in the very near future. I think it's going to be a very important year for movie theaters because I think they have to figure out a way to draw people in. And I think there's going to be that battle between streaming and actual theater performances. Something's got to give. And I think they either have to have a larger window of an exhibition of a film, or they just need to get rid of all of that and say, we're not doing theaters anymore. Um, and when you go to California, you'll notice that the, the dome, the Cinerama dome, is closed and they're just really up in arms about this because that's a landmark there, the first Cinerama theater. And it was still, it's still going. And then they shut it down for renovations. And now they're wondering, are they going to reopen it? Or is that thing going to be just blown over and then they'll, they'll build something else there, a, a high rise. Um, and that is a real key kind of component to the whole world of Hollywood. So I, I think, are we going to see movies in theaters? That's going to be a big question answered this ne next year. I also think that since they changed management at Disney, that we're going to see them come back again. Disney kind of had a bad year. And I think uh, with Bob Iger back in there, that's going to be a huge, I bet they'll buy something else. They'll buy another franchise of some sort that will give them even more attention. Um, so I think that is something to watch. And I have a feeling that we're we're running out of the musical biographies. I think that's that's waning. And I think this latest one with um, Whitney Houston about Whitney Houston was proof that really this is something TV should do. This is not something we should be doing in movies. The flip side of that, though, is Elvis, which. Yeah, but there Elvis is that the difference there is that it was the creative packaging that sold that. And if you're just letting somebody do a respectful thing that the family's going to sign off on, it ain't going to last. Exactly. But if you're really kind of trying to reinvent it, give us something else to look at and to give us a world that maybe we haven't seen connected to that person, it's going to be worthwhile. So I think they can't just do run of the mill. We're doing uh, Aretha this week. Um, we're doing James Brown. Um, we're doing just name them. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be, we're going to see the end of that. Maybe they'll go into sports figures because we're heading into another Olympic year. But um, I, I think those, those, you know, easy outs are, are headed to the end. And I do think that they're going to quit giving Oscar nominations to those kinds of films. I do think Austin, Austin Butler, sorry to do this in an, an awards thing, but Austin Butler will get nominated, but I don't know that he'll win. And I think that's that might be the sign that, OK, let's move on. Moving on. I think seeing seeing that film possibly it's on the long list, I'd say, of Best Picture nominations possible. And, and we'll know 
in the next couple of weeks, um, I'm sure that we will talk about it a lot. I, th- I think you're really right that he will get a, a nomination, but probably not win, most likely not win. Um, and it's Elvis interesting because coming up too. Yes, that is true. Elvis's birthday is coming up. It is interesting though with, it seems like the the margin of difference or the the distance between things that are successful and the low budget chances, the roll of the dice payoff is widening that much further. And I think this year we've got a lot more things that are going to be in theaters and are going to do really well as far as big tentpole things. I think there's three Marvel movies, which are this most recent phase definitely derailed a lot of momentum, but we're finally actually identifying one bad guy, which is Kang. And we're going to be introducing him in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is coming out in February. And then we've got all the movies that are going to come out around there. And there's like eight different TV shows that are going to be coming out. And so I think that that's going to be great. We've got a new mission impossible. We've got a new John wick, the, you know, Shazam was a pretty big success for DC uh, within the context of those DC uh, universe films. There's, you know, Barbie, I think is going to do really well. Also Oppenheimer, but a bunch of these things, some of the stuff that we even, you know, pitched on our looking forward to 2023 episode are movies that probably would just do a lot better if they went straight to streaming, honestly, you know, uh, and or at least would get more eyeballs and, you know, generate more talk. Um, and it seems like the it's either these things that where they put, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars into developing and marketing, or it's something that would be a like a Blumhouse picture that is, you know, they can churn them out because they're only, you know, 20, 30 million to make, give or take or whatever it is. And all you got to do is have one that pops. And we're also looking at all of the, you know, A24 indie movies, the, uh, you know, everything everywhere all at once is is such a huge success story. And I think you're going to see a lot of people trying to coast on that maybe a little bit in, in the coming years, uh, as far as trying to emulate, you know, to get those up and comers and get them in the right place. But it also could be two years from now and the Daniels are going to be doing a Marvel movie or, you know, the next <laughs> Jurassic Park. Who knows? Pay attention to how well um, Glass Onion does on streaming, because that was a real kind of a shocker for people. They thought, well, wait a minute, this could have made a lot of money in theaters. And if it went right away to Netflix, um, what does that portend? But Ryan Johnson already has another series that he's doing. I think it's a 10-part series, a mystery series. He might find that that's a better place for him to be. So it'll be curious to see. I'll be curious to see how this all shakes down and who does what and where they're going to do it. But you know what? We'll always, there's a need for content. And there will always be places to stick that content. It's just how comfortable are you where you're sitting? Do I want to see it on a small screen on my laptop or do I want to see it on a big screen where I am reclining and practically falling asleep? It, it It's a whole different world. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. And Poker Face, Poker Face is the, the show that uh, you were talking about that Ryan Johnson has a hand in, which will be coming out this year on Peacock, a 
sort of case of the week murder type thing uh, or mystery show uh, that also has uh, Natasha Leone and Adrian Brody and Joseph Gordon-Levitt all brought on, all all of whom have worked with Ryan Johnson in the past to varying degrees. And it did seem like the the narrative around Glass Onion that Netflix was setting up, I mean, I was just the other day, it cracked the top 10 you know, most hours or eyeballs or whatever metric it is that Netflix is using. It cracked the top 10 all time already there. And they're still trying to, I think, spin it where, oh yeah, no, we put it in theaters just to get to generate word of mouth, which it sounds like Ryan Johnson is wanting them to put it back in theaters. And it's also, you know, for them to be working with this marquee, literal marquee level talent they all want their movies in theaters. Yeah. And so, well, you know, like you're, you're operating sort of at, you know, crosswinds to, you know, to, to get these things out in a way that everyone is very happy with. It used to be that if you did television, you had somehow settled. And I think that still pre- is a pervasive thought in Hollywood that they still think a theater suggests a different kind of um, setup you're not just kind of busy with other things or looking at your phone. You have to make an effort to get there and you have to, you're spending money. So it's, it seems like a higher calling. It may not be a higher calling. Cause I think, a, I think my setup at home is better than some theaters. If you really want to be honest about it. And um, you know, but it does suggest something else. And I think that's why they're, they're eager to see movies continue. And I think the money's better. You can get a better accounting, um, through box office results than you could if you say streaming well what was the streaming how was that and if i get a percentage of the profits what does that mean you know so it's it's a different kind of a thing but interesting can i throw one out please i have spent my birthday most years in los angeles my birthday's in january and it will fall again this year in los angeles and during those years I've been fortunate to have celebrities sing happy birthday to me. Um, Kevin Costner and I had the same exact birthday. And when we both turned 50, we were together on the same day. And he said, if you just ignore it, people won't know that it's your birthday. So I, I take the cue from Kevin Costner and I ignore the birthday. But if somebody else says something, I'll be more than happy to have somebody sing happy birthday to me, which the last time I did, it was Annie Lennox. So there you go. So we will be talking to you again next week. You'll be calling us from LA. On location. On location. And we will be talking about the Golden Globe Awards the day after. Just kind of catching up on that. Checking in on all of the the Los Angeles to-dos that, that you've been up to. So... Make sure that you are subscribed to the show to catch that. And then we're only a couple of weeks away. On the 24th, we'll be having uh, our Oscar nomination episode coming out because the Oscar nominations are going to be announced on that Monday. And we're just going to have a, a grand old time. I'm looking forward to hearing from you on the road and also excited to get out there myself. So safe travels to you. Many happy returns on, on the your birthday. fourth birthday. Yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. And you'll have a great time. And I'll try and make sure that everything's all prepared for you. So you're all ready and you can just kind of zip through. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, like we always say around these parts, go and see something good. In person. In In person. person. In person with your friends. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs>